0: We all learn from our mistakes, right? The question is, what do you learn? Do you learn good things, positive things, useful things, or do you learn not-so-useful, not-so-important, not-so-good things? We're going to make sure that we find out how to do the right stuff on today's episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. A show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Hey and welcome back to the podcast. I'm doing a little solo thing here today. It's going to be short as you remember perhaps from last week it was short also. I was on vacation. I'm recently back from vacation but yesterday there was a power outage and the internet was out and things have been kind of crazy here so I didn't have an opportunity to do a podcast between last time and this time so here we are doing it now and uh it's going to be short why can i tell you but it'll be good it'll be short and good so here we go everyone learns from the mistakes you learn from the mistakes your clients your coaching clients learn from their mistakes but people can learn different things from their mistakes just as an example in the world of sleight of mouth which you might know i do a little bit of um, we recognize that every belief in the world has a three-part structure to it it's called the normalized belief structure And it goes something like this. I mean, it brings a little closer to you. Now, if you're just listening to this, you'll just have to imagine this in your mind. A structure that looks like a triangle to a square to a circle. But these symbols represent if, then, and then means. So most beliefs start with well, all beliefs start with an if-then, a cause and effect. This causes that. Something happens, has a sort of an effect that takes place. So if this happens, then that takes place. If I if it's raining, then I take my umbrella. You know, simple things like that. And we also put meaning onto these things and the, when they take place. And it is that meaning that's really important because sometimes we can put, take meanings like, well, if I screwed up this time, then uh, I I've embarrassed myself in front of others. So that means I should never do this again a no, bad, bad meaning, you know, not so useful. If it's a, like if I screwed up and I embarrass myself in front of others, then I want to make sure I get better at it, so the next time I'm up there, I'll do it even better. you know, so we can have different meanings, depending on how we frame things, how we interpret stuff. and it's that meaning that's important. You know it doesn't matter what happens to you, it's how you make sense of it, you know, the meaning that you give to it that really matters. So we want to make sure that we give ourselves, good meaning so as a coach what you want to be able to do to you know help your clients get to that place where they put ascribe good meaning to their things is to ask good questions find out good questions you know to ask them to to shape them towards this positive meaning to help them reframe things to to have that one of the ways that I do that is I show people this thing that uh, my friend Kevin Creedon showed me at the first time called the expertise circle. An expertise circle is just a, a circle and it's di- divided in half. And the idea is that every expert, and you are an example of an expert coaching or whatever it is, you're, everyone's an expert at a variety of things. Anything that you're really, really good at an expert at, you've learned things from your mistakes and you've learned things from you know doing, doing this right, right? You've taken lessons maybe in in piano or driving or whatever, and you've gotten good because you've learned what to do and you've learned what not to do, right? So expertise is what to do on one side of the circle that's divided in half. The other side is what not to do, what you avoid doing. And having that knowledge is what makes you an expert. Like I never knew I shouldn't drive over that cliff. Nobody ever told me. to learn the hard way and of course now i know don't do that so i've become a much better driver because of this exam. yeah so we know what to do We know what what not to do and these things are created from experience right so we learn from our mistakes so of the things that you knew know to do how much of that stuff that you know to do did you learn for making mistakes, and if you ask that question to most people, you'll find a very large percentage will be filled in on this graph of the stuff that they, you know, learned to do from making mistakes. A very large percentage. Then, if you ask them what, you, how, how do you know what not to do? How much of that did you learn from making mistakes? And again, you're going to find a whole lot of things that they learned. A big percentage of what they learned not to do they learned from making mistakes which then shows them very graphically on this thing that this most of the circle has been drawn in. Most of the circle is filled up with things that you did wrong, mistakes that you've made. Your expertise comes from making mistakes. So when you see this graphically, and of course, if you're just listening to this and you imagine it in your mind and and you see it very clearly in your mind's eye, then you get a really good notion that making mistakes is a good thing. One of my teachers, and I I honestly don't remember who it was who first said it. It might have been Dave Dobson. Um, might have been John Morgan reminding me of something that Dave Dobson said. Wherever it came from, uh, the idea is that anything worth doing is worth doing badly at first. Right? Anything worth doing is worth doing badly at first because you're going to make mistakes, and that's how you learn. Right now, I'm recording this podcast in a thing called StreamYard. I've, this is about my 10th version today. Um, I found out that my microphone wasn't working. I made a power outage yesterday. I mean, lots of things were going on, but I'm learning every time I do this. I'm learning to have the little countdown things you know, on the side so I can get to them really quickly. I can just hit the outro for the podcast. As you see in a minute, it's all being done live. I'm sort of editing this thing live, which is a big change from where we used to do it just a few months ago, just a month ago. Where I did everything post-production, I put the outros in and stuff, you know, post-production. So now we're doing it all live. It's a learning process and I've made a lot of mistakes and I'm probably making one right now. I'm looking at my face on the screen and sort of at the little place, the little dot at the top of the screen where the camera is. So we learn from our mistakes and hopefully we get better and better and better at those things by asking good questions. One of my favorite set of questions to ask, I got from Tony Robbins it's called the Problem Solving Questions. Tony came up with morning questions, evening questions, and problem solving questions, which are all wonderful. We've talked about them in past podcasts. So you can go look it up if you like. And the problem solving questions, I think, are extraordinarily useful. I've used them, oh, I can't even tell you how many times, and and they go like this. number first number question is, that when something happens, it's a problem or a challenge. Instead of saying something like, why do I deserve this? Or why does this always happen to me? Instead of questions like that, you ask questions like this one. Number one, what's good about this? What's good or what's great about this problem or the situation? So that's question number one. So sometimes a person's brain is is prone to saying something like, no, nah, nothing, nothing's good about this. This sucks, <laughs> you know, but you gotta, you gotta press. You say, well, if there was something that was good about this, you know, if there was something that could be good about this, what might that be? You know, so you you know, get, get an answer. So what's good about this? What's great about this? And then uh second question, number two is what's not perfect yet. What's not perfect yet with the, uh, operational word there being perhaps yet, right? Implying that it will be. It's not perfect yet, but it will be. So what's not perfect yet helps you to identify the things that you need to change to make it, you know, the way you want it to be, i.e. perfect. Okay, so question number three is what am I willing to do to make it the way I want it? So once I've identified these things that are not perfect yet, what am I willing to do to change those? What strategies can I employ? What, what can I do to change this thing? So what am I willing to do to make it the way I want it? Question number four, what am I willing to not do to make it the way I want it? And I want you to, to pay close attention to the syntax there. Often, when I first introduce these questions to people, people want to change the syntax. They want to say, what am I not willing to do? Right? That is a different Question. I'm not willing to do stuff. It's, it's like that's old. That's what we're all, you know, I'm not willing to change. I'm not willing to do anything. I had a client once that wanted to lose weight, came to me for weight loss. I said, okay, here's a variety of strategies to do that. And uh, one of them is to eat slower. Not to do anything else but eat while you're eating, you know, so no reading, no watching TV while you're eating, just focus on your eating, really enjoy every bite. It brings much more pleasure to the meal, lots of good reasons for it, and it slows you down. So you tend to eat less. And she said, Oh no, I'm not willing to do that. When I when I eat lunch, I just want to, you know, scarf down my food while reading a book. (laughs) So so I don't think she she was in the right place, because that's not the way I work. Right, I don't do hypnosis thing where I just wave a magic wand and you can still scarf down your food while reading book and nothing will, everything will, everything will change because of the magic of hypnosis. It doesn't work like that. So, what are you willing to not do is the question. So, what are you willing becomes more of a, you know, proactive statement. I am willing to not do old patterns. I'm willing to stop doing. Old things that aren't useful. So I'm willing to not do those things. So, question number three, what am I willing to do? Question number four, what am I willing to not do? And then finally, question number five, which is hmm, maybe my favorite of them all. I often say that it is, and I do like it a lot. Question number five is how can I enjoy the process? How can I enjoy the process of doing or not doing those things in order to make it the way I want it? Because, you know, it's important. It's important to enjoy the process. It's how you build new habits and make them last long is because you enjoy doing them. Right? It has to be enjoyable. I remember once I was um <laughs> I was trying to get my wife, we weren't married at the time, I was trying to get her into running because I was very much into running. I like the companionship. So um, and I thought it was a really healthy thing for everybody. I thought everybody should be a runner. And so I tried to get her into running, and she said, Oh no, 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 I'm not gonna be a runner. So why not? I'm stopping you. And she said, "Well, you know, I'll, I'll take up running the first time I see any runner at all who looks like they're having a good time." <laughs> and so well, wait a minute now. I, I have a good time running. She says, "Well, yeah, yeah, you're different." I'm talking about most people who are out there like grunting out through the miles. Uh. And she says, "You know, so just so somebody who's like like they're you know really having fun, then I'll take up running." but why was I looking like I was having fun doing it? Because I asked myself questions like, how can I enjoy this process? I'm out here anyway, I'm running these miles anyway, I might as well have fun doing it, right? So how can you enjoy the process of doing or not doing and not doing the things necessary to make it the way you want it? When you have those five questions, it tends to be true that you can find good meaning for what it is that you're up against you know, and you can learn from your mistakes positively. And then you begin to grow and get better from them. And yes, things that are worth doing are worth doing badly at first. They're also worth doing well as you get better and better at the skills. So that's my little epistle for today. <laughs> Thank you for, for tuning into this podcast. I was about to say put up with this podcast. But, you know, I'm getting better. I'm learning from my mistakes. And hopefully this will be smooth as silk in no time at all. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. This has been the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Thank you for being here. It's a pleasure seeing you again. Hope to see you again real soon. Come back next week when we have another gripping and exciting episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. And if you want to, you can find out more about us, each and every one of us, at EssentialCoachingSkills.com. Thanks.